It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Least Woke Man in America podcast. One of the most exciting, humorous, insightful, fast-paced, right-wing podcast out there today. I really believe that. A podcast where we constantly focus on American privilege, the privilege to be American, the privilege to live in one of the freest, wealthiest, most prosperous countries in the history of human civilization. It really is. If you think about that, um, you might get numb. There's so much negativity out there about this country and the news, the state of our country, but that's who we really are. There's never been a country like this before that stands out like this, even more so than the Roman empire and other empires. America is a great country. It's a privilege to be an American. Never forget that. Never, ever forget that. And there's an enemy to America. There's a Enemies abroad, and there's enemies at home. And I'm not talking about Trump in January 6th, people. I'm talking about the people who are trying to create Praghelia, as we call it here. The meatless, gunless, godless, crime-ridden, abortion-filled hellhole the American left is continuing to try to create in this country. They've been fighting for it for 70 years. 70 years, excuse me. And the best approach to take is to engage the battle, accept the battle, and as I do, somewhat enjoy the battle. Um, I want to start this podcast by talking about an affliction, a problem, a syndrome, whatever you want to call it, that all of us on the right suffer from. You might not even know we suffer from this. The left makes it clear that we suffer from this. And I call it the, who in the hell do you think you are problem? No, really. I mean, they are aghast by us as far as who in the hell do we think we are to question anything. And as more and more truth comes out and we continue to be correct in our assumptions, we continue to be correct in the way we question things, uh, which certain zeitgeist, certain beliefs orchestrated and created, usually in the academic institutions, usually by left-wing thinkers, whatever, or oxymoron as far as I'm concerned, trickles through the news media, trickles through Hollywood. All of us, through our innate common sense, our innate love for this country, our innate traditional values, question it, and it just is like a demon when they see a crucifix. It's the who in the hell do you think you are problem. Whether it's a, someone under 30 years old, perfectly healthy, why should I need a vaccine for a, for a virus for a, a virus that is killing old people, very unhealthy people, obese people, who in the hell do you think you are? You will not go, you will fly. You will not go in your office building. This is an outrage. How could you question science? You know, science that promoted asbestos and DDT and 
demonized eggs, which are now the, supposedly the greatest thing ever for 20 years. Remember back in the 80s when uh, if you touched an egg, if you're over the age of 30, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack. Who are you to question any of this? Climate change. After decades of wrong and dire predictions, after scaring the hell out of children, teenagers, making people not want to have families, uh, which where people make decisions as far as business decisions, development decisions on trends that never even take place. The climate clowns, as we call them. Who in the hell do you think you are to question us? The gender circus, where after thousands of years, man, woman, penis, vagina, you scratch your head and say, what? There's multiple genders? People can interchange their gender? Sometimes within the same minute, depending on what they want to call themselves, isn't this more of a psychological disorder than anything to do with sex or biology or anything like that? Who in the hell do you think you are? Do you understand? You law-abiding, taxpayer citizens? Who are you to question the type of thinking that comes from people who rack up $150,000 in student loan debt to get a job that pays $35,000 a year. Who are you to question this? The president's son is a prostitute prostitute using crackhead with just a train wreck of a human being who makes business deals with foreign powers, an area he has no expertise. And you question this? Who in the hell do you think you are? So that's where we are. That's where we live. And we haven't been alone throughout the history of mankind. I just want to make that clear. Whether it's the czar in Russia with the peasants, or when Stalin took over, or even you can go back to Mao. You can go back to the British Parliament in the 1700s, late 1700s, when the American colonies wanted to separate and create their own country. The rage. Who are these people? You think about there's not many of us if you boil it down. Only a third of the country consider themselves Republicans, and that's of eligible voters. And then within the Republican group, obviously, you have the corporate cucks. They have no spine. My God, the corporate CEOs, and they're the biggest cowards of all. All they do is rack, rack up their stock options, their net worth, and they uh, th- they are some of the biggest villains in the whole woke movement. Even the way they cave, the way they look at social media trends to make their decision making. So even within the Republican Party, you can't count on that. So at one point, I thought about calling this podcast The Remnant. I really did at the very beginning. But Jonah Goldberg had already used that name to his credit. I mean, obviously, um, he's not uh, as popular as he used to be because of his disagreements with Trump. But he used that name, The Remnant, because I boiled it down and thought about it. You know, if you read David McCullough's book, 1776, 1776, outstanding book. I've talked about this on previous podcasts. He boils down, I forgot the number, it was less than a thousand men George Washington had just before Valley Forge, when the morale of the revolutionary troops was rock bottom. These were not sophisticated guys, very undisciplined. Washington was very frustrated. That small, tiny group was the seed 
that created what you and I, when I started this podcast about talking about as far as the freest, most prosperous country in the history of my, mankind. That small city, that little ragtag group is the shoulders we stand on, just a remnant. For everybody else, it was too hard, too fearful. The odds were stacked against them. You can't blame a lot of them. I mean, they're fighting the biggest and most powerful country in the world at the time. It was almost like it was fate for it to happen. And so, I mean, it's incredible if you think about it. So this, who in the hell do you think you are problem did not start overnight. And by no means it's over because of the human desire to control other human beings. We are on the side of freedom. That's what was so laughable about the Trump criticism of the Trump presidency, the church, or even best the Trump Supreme Court picks when they demonize people like Brett Kavanaugh, conservative constitution of the United States Constitution is a document intended to protect the rights of individuals against the government. The conservative judges are the ones who are the most pro-constitution, who believe in the constitution. So when a president stands up and nominates conservative judges, what side do you think they are? If a president believes in the Second Amendment or citizenship to bear arms. What side do you think that president, third world dictators do not like citizens owning guns? Only control freaks do. Freedom lovers believe people choose whether or not they get a vaccine stuck in their body or not. Control freaks do not like that. There is something innate. It drives them nuts. They just stew on it. Why won't these plebes submit to all the beautiful stuff we know about the climate, about the way finance, the economy is supposed to work? If we were just allowed to plan it, even though, look at, as I call it, the Great Leap Forward. Remember in China, the Great Leap Forward when Mao and these other communist idiots tried to puppeteer the Chinese economy, led to the starvation of millions of people? That's what I call this climate climate clown nonsense as far as uh, in this rush, this dire apocalyptic rush to make sure everyone's driving electric vehicles. You know, at some point you become of the age that you realize practically nothing in your life good has ever come from being a big hurried rush. I'm not saying I'm guilty of this even to this day of being in a rush. Who isn't, right? But I tried at least limited, especially much more than that was when I was in my 20s and 30s. But you realize, is there 10 things that have come in your life from being in a big hurry, right? It's crazy. It's usually the opposite. You go backwards. Everything's a big mess. So we're in a dire, hurried need to literally reinvent the world's transportation and energy industries by people who don't have any respect for free markets, don't have any respect for transportation, and don't have any respect for energy. So how does that end? I think it's playing with dynamite. I'm sure a lot of you do too. So we have enemies. We are the who the hell do you think you are crowd. We are not allowed to think. We are not allowed to express ourselves. When we try to, sometimes we are censored by the social media. I always say, when is the last time you heard a conservative person try to censor anyone, anyone on the left? Do you want AOC censored? I don't. Do you want Bernie Sanders censored? 
I don't. Do you want Whoopi Goldberg to be censored? I don't. Pelosi, Biden, I don't want anybody on the left censored. If anything, I would do anything for them to talk more. We have a sitting president who hid in his basement during his entire campaign. That's how much they didn't want him to talk. That's how much they don't want their beliefs to be out in the open. The party of gender circus, the party of uh, plant protein, the party of incorrect climate predictions for 20 or 30 years now, the party who now, who now is just orgasming over the beautiful military equipment we have developed and paid for over the last 30, 40, 50 years. It just cracks me up. Do you understand the Javelins, the Patriots, the Himars? These were not invented yesterday. These were developed. These were paid for by bills in the United States Congress, voted for mainly Republicans for the last decades. And as the vote passed, if, there, if it passed, the laughers and the smirkers were smirking. They're warmongers. They're all just Dick Cheney's buddies. They're all getting rich off it. They're all crazy. Who are we really going to go to war in the first place? I'm anti-war. Yeah, that's the thing I've been talking about recently. These idiots who use this, this self-righteous cloak they put themselves. I can't vote for that. I am anti-war. Bernie Sanders spent a career. I am anti-war. John Kerry, anti-war. And then you go to the cocktail party and these little staffers are running around you. My God, just want to soak up the wisdom of this great anti-war sage. Who the frick, what non-sociopath isn't anti-war? That is one of those half-baked, left-wing, 1960s, BS, ego-filled, baby boomer, make you want to puke if you're grounded reality cliches. Everybody's anti-war, but for the all of us who have coping mechanisms and can face reality and evil in the world and the history of evil and are grounded enough to live in the real world, not the Oprah Obama paradigm where the world is evolving. Human beings are evolving. We don't even need military equipment anymore. Remember John um, uh, Barack Hussein, Barry Hussein Obama? Uh, debating Mitt Romney, the famous when he sounded like a snarky, spoiled, rich middle school girl goes and said, the 1980s back called, the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back, which of course that type of snarky, arrogant, just childish, pukish line that left just ate it all up. The rest of us like, even if a Republican said something like that, I'd be ready to puke. Real men don't even talk like that. They do on the left. But I'm like, that's really how you talk? So anyway, anti-war, making fun of foreign policy. Next thing you know, a real war in this highly unevolved world where humans are still humans and we send tons and ten million billions of dollars of equipment to Ukraine and the, the anti-war crowd could not be happier. It is a complete foolish delusion. So it's a lifelong battle. We have been right about a lot. We will continue to be right about a lot. But we have to realize these people aren't going to give up. You know, 
Uh, they're out on the field. They are on the football field. Remember when a lot of, um, for those of you who played football, played sports, maybe it's true in other sports, but in football, what happens is the quarterback, and this is when you're on offense, you're huddled up. And sure, even if you never played football, you've seen on TV, the offense huddles up. Quarterback gets the play in from the coach, gives it to the rest of the, the players in the huddle. You say like break or something, everybody claps their hands, runs up to the line of scrimmage and runs the play. So the left has the play. You understand? I mean, you got to picture quarterback with horns sticking out of his heads with a red cape. So they got the quarterback and he has the play and they say break. And when they say break, low IQ Behar and low IQ Goldberg, they went up to the line of scrimmage and they know their play. Like Bay, two million viewers every morning, mainly women, lots of mothers. And I mean, there's Behar admits she sleeps or has sex with ghosts. Did you hear about that? Google, that's true. One time she had a slip of the tongue where she said she supported pedophilia. I forgot the exact line. She had to go back and correct herself. Her Twitter page is a bunch of foul mouth nonsense. Um, so that's who they are. They know what they're supposed to do every morning, get on TV, talk to 2 million plus women with some of the most asinine, cockamamie, uninformed, irrational, foolish beliefs anybody's ever heard in that real defiant way where they do get some heads nodding up and down. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that way. And that's the scary part. So they're at the line of scrimmage. John Kerry and Al Gore. They're at the line of scrimmage. They know what playbook they're running. 20, 30 years of climate, gloom, and doom. While in Al Gore's case, making hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's one thing for the local weatherman to be wrong. They're making 70, 80 grand a year. Al Gore's been wrong about the weather for 30 years. He'll probably be, a, if he stays healthy, he'll be a billionaire by the time he dies off inaccurate weather predictions. Think about that. You think, it, it, that's like being a Kardashian, where you should just be on the ground licking the soil of this country that you're that much of a total zero and you find out a way to be a billionaire. That's like LeBron James, the most oppressed billionaire in the history of mankind. He became a billionaire playing basketball, and he has nothing decent to say about this country. That is just inconceivable. And it's like where the rest of us are supposed to nod our head up. Oh, you don't understand. I don't care. I don't understand. I don't understand today. I'm not going to understand tomorrow, and I'm not going to understand next week, next month, next year, and I don't care that I don't understand. So you could stick me in an Ivy Loop faculty room, and they'd all look like they're ready to puke, and I am fine with that. I am not going to understand why a man playing a sport becoming worth a billion dollars has one thing to complain about. You're right. I don't understand. So anyway, Harry and Gore, they're at the line of scrimmage. They know their playbook. Fear. From the fear, you control everything. And then you get kickbacks. And then, of course, you have money. So you can... Uh, finance other people's campaigns. So, as usual, the, the delusion of the human ego in their own mind, they're saving the world. Well, the only thing they're doing is satiating their own ego. You and I get it. Bernie Sanders and AOC, they're at the scrimmage line. They know what play they're running. 
free college, free medical, zero sacrifice, the piggy bank known as billionaires. They could pay for every freaking thing under the sun if we just had our way. No one seems to be able to get it. Free, 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 free. There was a time, free, college, medical, no sacrifice. There was a time people actually took pride in paying for things. There was a time people believe if you paid for stuff, you'd appreciate it more. That's for freaking idiots. That's for the same. I mean, my God, that's the same line to think of people who are young and healthy and refuse to get a vaccine for the, uh, a virus that kills old, heavyweight, overweight, sick, sickly people. What? Who, who are you to question this? Hollywood writers, they're at the line of scrimmage. Family Guy, Simpsons, other shows. I've enjoyed them over the years, but determined to make the American blue-collar middle-class father a fat, dumb slob no one respects. They know what they're doing. You undermine everything that way. The gender Nazis, which we're going to get to in a second. Thousands of years of evolution. Uh, excuse me, thousands of years. Male, females, I mentioned before. We're going to re-engineer all of that overnight. So, I mean, it's really... I've told people before, I mean, they think they're actually thinking this through and have created something new. I think it all comes back to two words. I really believe this. Sally May. One name, one company, trillions of dollars. And college tuition, I'm all for education. Went to a great college myself, but I got an accounting degree. Something that you can actually use in the real freaking world. Trillions of dollars trillions of dollars and all we have to show for it is millions of mini kardashians from coast to coast just empty mindless souls can't articulate can't understand they don't know what up up from down left from right and that's all there is to show for it while at the same time having this weird derogatory attitude towards you and I. That is one interesting recipe for society. But that's where we are. That's where we are. And we need to face it and embrace it. And like I said, it's a challenge, but somewhat enjoy it. I'll be right back. Okay, I am back. And as you can see, the title of this podcast was The Case for Conservative Courage. The Case for Conservative Courage courage and that is important as i said we have to be the ones that stand up against all this crazy nonsense that i have listed here so far we have to be there not only to stand up against the beliefs but also for when people realize who might be sucked in what's taking place and want to come back out there's a place for them to go. What I mean by this, there's a article today in the Daily Wire I put on my Twitter feed and on the Least Woke Man in America podcast page on Facebook from the Daily Wire about them by Christina Buttons about a mother of two young boys. I'm just reading. A mother of two young boys realized she made a terrible mistake after allowing her four-year-old son to socially transition into a girl identity and described the epiphany she had his, quote, leaving a cult. Okay, I mean, look, I'm glad the woman got out of this mess. 
But I mean, four years old, where, where did all this come from? Four-year-old. I don't have kids, but I've been around four-year-olds before. What is this obsession with kids that young about gender and sexual identity? It is so sick and not normal. And for those of you who have never listened to this podcast before, we throw that word, the N-word as I call it, normal around a lot because someone needs to freaking use it. And I am all for People having whatever type of haircut they want, driving every whatever vehicle they want, living where they want, city, suburb, homesteading. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about core things. I'm talking about whether or not a four-year-old should be talked to about gender identity. I don't give a rat's rear end. This is an example where a lot of us I think a lot of you weren't racist out there. Admit you you have more in common if you're a conservative with a church going black or Latino person than some white person with two PhDs that has some high and lofty fluent explanation as to why a four year old should be t- talking to an adult, especially a non parent adult. In the case of Ron DeSantis in the "Don't Say Gay" fiasco. Why a, a, a non-parent is talking to four-year-olds about this stuff. And so that's when I talk about the abnormal behavior versus the normal people. And I'll continue to use that word. And I really don't care what the highly uh, uh, open-minded, free speech, quote-unquote, democracy lovers have to say about that. So she... um. Here's here's from the this is from the article. When their eldest son, who was four years old at the time, asked if he was a boy or a girl, they told him he he could choose. Six months later, their son declared he was a girl, and they wanted to be he, that he wanted to be called sister, and use he she her pronouns. Both his mothers both his mothers affirmed his new transgender identity by allowing him to socially transition. They changed his name, allowed him to wear girls' clothes, and allowed him to believe. He was truly a girl for approximately uh, one year. So this is this is not good. It went on for over a year. And that's incredibly damaging. Let change the name. Well, I mean, what type of effect did that have on a four-year-old to change their name at four years old? Well, we'll talk about that here a little bit more. It was when her youngest son, who was just three at the time, so there's two boys, four and three, said that he also, now the younger son wanted to identify as a girl. And then they started to think, you know, maybe there's something not right about this. Gee, you think? And this is from the article. As her worldview began to unravel, the mother expressed deep regret for the actions she and her wife took, acknowledgement that they had, quote, led their child on a path of lies that could have resulted in severe psychological damage and lifelong irreversible medical intervention. Oh, my God. Isn't this terrible? Now, I mean, you see guilt, shame, and regret there. So they certainly aren't part of the sociopathic left, as I call it, because there's guilt, shame, and regret. They dabbled in some terrible philosophies, some terrible ideas. Again, low IQ Behar and low IQ Goldberg, 2 million viewers a day. And there was fruits. There was repercussions to these foolish philosophies. As I have said multiple times, these are tough times for the non-deceived. As I keep saying, telling people, if it's one thing I to be a type of person 
And this is what the country is based on. This is what the Judeo-Christian religion is based on, where there's a certain level of truth that is the truth, godly truth, that you want to live your life towards, knowing out of humility and humbleness, humility and humbleness, you will never come close. But you know that is the truth. Okay, so there was a group of people like that, and there still is. So flash forward to the 1960s, there's complete rebellion against that truth, but I don't think yet they had the capacity to create truth, or if at least if someone claimed to do that, they would be considered nuts. So now we have gone from the godly truth being foolish and stupid and judgmental and closed-minded when they don't understand those of us who believe in that. No, we too will never get there. And the amazing part is, if you are a Christian, if you are a religious Jewish person, these people who make fun of that truth seem to be called what I call the clipboard people. Well, they run around with a clipboard keeping track of whether or not you adhere to that truth, even though they're in defiance against that truth, hate that truth, or don't believe in that truth. So now we have a whole new generation of truth creators. And so since creating truth is insane, you come up with insane philosophies, insane behaviors, and like all philosophies and all behaviors, there's repercussions, which is why some of us foolishly and stupidly believe the real solid godly truths, you might want to point your compass in that direction for no other reason that even though your life won't be perfect and there will still be hardships and they might not go the way you want, you're doing the right thing and doing less damage to yourself and other human beings. Isn't that an stunning, incredible, that there is a higher power. We are just creatures. Did you know that? We are creatures. We are above apes and dogs. I get it. I do not put them on the same plane. I'm a huge animal lover. We are above animals, but we are not gods. I don't care what the new wage witch tells you. You are not divine and you are not a god and you do not create truth. Amen. Don't you love that? There's liberation from that. I don't want to be God. Do you want to be God? <laughs> I don't want to be God. So these people have no problem being God and deciding who's a man, who's a woman, what four-year-old should decide they're doing. It's just unbelievable. So, and that's why the case for conservative courage is so important. You shouldn't keep your mouth shut. I understand there's certain circumstances if you're a person with five kids and a mortgage and for whatever reason you're stuck in Boston, Massachusetts in a corporate office building surrounded by incredibly intelligent people with the best degrees who know everything about everything, you just have to ask them and you've got a mortgage and you don't want to rock the boat and yada, yada, yada. And their sons are running around with dresses and they can't wait to throw that in your face. And their daughters drop F-bombs when they're nine years old and they can't wait to tell you about that because that is evolution and they could not be more proud of that. I get it. But for the most part, this example, or at least there probably was damage done, but thanks to people like you and I, they were able to pull the kids out of this psychological torture chamber and snap out of it and regroup and go with other people who believe the same thing. At least there is someone out there standing on a mountain saying, this is stupid, destructive, and crazy. 
And that's why all of this is so important. I don't care if it's the national debt. I don't care if it's climate change. I don't care if it's the right to bear arms. I don't care if it's late-term abortion. By believing in the truth, believing it in what is right and wrong, despite all your personal flaws, and no matter how bad you fail against that, you are the bulwark against this type of damage being done from Maine to California. I mean, they're doing enough damage on their own to kids. You look at the Soros district attorneys. Did you know one out of five people in this country right now live under a George Soros-supported district attorney? Think about that. Literally, Satan is in charge of 20% or not of the district attorneys in the United States of America. That is incredible. It's like the dam is breaking. And... In some ways it is, but we are trying our hardest to push it back for examples like this. What will play out? I don't know. That's fate. They call that fate. Terrifying words to ego, pride, to control freaks. I get it. I don't necessarily always like it, but there is a thing called fate. But in the meantime, for our own self-respect, out of love for this country, as I talked about at the beginning, what this country has produced including Javelin missile systems and HIMARS, which are <laughs> protecting the Ukrainians right now and helping them beat the Russians. I just I just can't, I don't want to go over it again. I just can't take it seriously as far as these Democrats gushing over weapon systems. <laughs> oh my God, it's just too good. So, um, which again, thank God there were people standing on the mountain 20 years ago, you know, some of the Phil Graham, some of the most conservative members, of the United States Senate, the United States Congress laughed at, mocked, ridiculed on by, Tom, you know, all the 630 Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, Dan Rather, where everybody got their news farm, didn't have any use for any of them. Guess what they're the stuff they supported. Guess where it's being shipped right now? Ukraine. So I'm not going to go over that again, but. So this is really important stuff. There are repercussions to all of that. And again, as the remnant, as you and I are the remnant, it's just so important that we know this. As the baby boomer population gets older, as you have 7 million zombies, as I call them right now, the Mike Rowe, group that Mike Rowe talks about a lot in his podcast, 7 million working age, able-bodied men who do 2,000 hours a year of screen time. Their life is mainly marijuana and video games and just scratching around. Um, you have the cowards and the sickos, as I call them on the left, the sickos who are the ones that create this stuff, usually in academic institutions, and the cowards who can nervously, huh? yeah, yeah, I mean... The a four-year-old, you know, has thoughts and feelings also, and they should be able to um look 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 inside of themselves and 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 and, and think think about who they really are. And I mean, they were just talking about this on the view the other day, and I I think I'm getting it right. You know, I mean, so there's just pile of mush everywhere. You got people who are addicted to drugs. You got the zombies. You got the uh, the, the Manson caucus, as I call them, the people who are literally vote for Charles Manson to be president of the United States 
as long as they could have abortions, get free stuff. You might laugh, but that's 40% of the population. So you add them up, the zombies and everything else. It's more important than ever that we circle the wagons and constantly think about not just, uh, you know, think this stuff through. You can get so caught up in text threads and memes and jokes, and I get it, sensationalized stuff like Fox News, conspiracy theories. These beliefs, these philosophies absolutely have repercussions at the micro as far as the individual and the macro level. There has never been a more important case, a more important time to understand, to have the courage for conservative values than right now. I'll be right back. Okay, so I am back. And just before I started this podcast, a friend of mine sent me a link from Not the Bee. You're not going to believe this. So Angela Davis, who teaches at the University of California, she is one of the founders of the critical race theory. So I know there's times on this podcast where I'll say that we're drinking out of a dangerous fountain. Like many of you, I think to myself, who is pouring the water into this fountain? Where is the root of this fountain? Who are these people? It starts with people, right? Not with animals, maybe with spirits. God only knows what spirits they could be channeling. I mean, Joy Behar, again, talks about she sleeps or has sex with ghosts at night. They're not ghosts. I got another name for them. They're called demons. But anyway, um, I'm not making that up, by the way, either. So, just Marxist, proud Marxist, Angela Davis. First of all, when someone's a Marxist, a Marxist, they that's like anti-war. I am a Marxist. Oh, my God. Do you stand out at the room? Wow. At the cocktail party. You are you are just a at the staff meeting, the faculty meeting among the students. You are just a different level than everybody else being the Marxist in the room. What an achievement. Not the just throwing out there that you adhere to a philosophy where there's a killed, been responsible for the deaths of and starvation of tens of millions of people. What a freaking accomplishment in life. So, anyways, this Marxist Angela Davis, who teaches that America was built by racist colonizers, finds out her ancestors were on the Mayflower. You know, wh- where does this end? This whole your ancestors determine everything thing. I, I, do they not know these people that promote this stuff? This, you could have a guy named Tom Smith, white as they come, the type that just, they just, they just sneer at. And there could, there's world is full of Tom Smiths and you get to know him and you find out his father took off when he was three and his mother was an alcoholic and his just life was a freaking struggle, abusive, uh, train wreck. There wasn't bread in the refrigerator and milk, uh, excuse me, milk in the refrigerator and bread in the cupboards five out of seven days a week. Did you know there's people like that in this world who were white and it it was a dog fight? I mean, some of my ancestors, if I look at at the information's correct, the ones from the German side, uh, Germany, some of them weren't here for three years and they were on the front lines of the civil war. The same with my Irish ancestors. I have a sliver of Native American uh, blood. God only knows what the story is behind it. Where does it end? Where if you're a certain skin color, you wear that as a badge of victimhood 
Is, is, does it go on for the next 50 years? Does it go on for the next 100 years? Does it go on 150 years? Where is the finish line for victimhood among certain groups of people in this country? And did you know the victim could be the most self-centered person in the room? Did you know many times that's the case? I've seen it in my own eyes. Where they are so caught up in their own freaking story that because of that and the self-obsession and the negative playback loop, that they had the ones in the room with the least amount of empathy for the Tom Smith guy that I was just talking about happens all the time. I don't know what the hell. I'm not a psychologist. I don't need to be one to see what's there and how annoying it is. So victimhood slash Marxist, victimhood promoter slash Marxist, synonymous as far as I'm concerned, Angel Davis, who founder of critical race theory, teaches at the University of California, lo and behold, finds out that her relatives, her ancestors were racist colonizers. I, well, first of all, when someone's a Marxist, first of all, I want to know her net worth. I want to know what stock she owns, what type of car she drives, how the value of her house. She works at the University of California, She, which means she has a better pension and better medical insurance than 90% of the people listening to this freaking podcast right now, even though she's a Marxist. She should be, you know, I should be sending my medical bills to her. I'm not kidding. Maybe I'll get her home address. And next time, whatever's not covered by my insurance, I'll even put on leasewoke.com. If she's a Marxist, maybe the rest of us should be sending her our copays. She might be knocking down two, three, four, maybe half a million dollars they threw at her just to shut her up at, at, at the University of California. So she should be paying some of my bills as far as I'm concerned. She's making more money than I. So I want to know all that first before I even listen to one freaking crumb out of her crazy Marxist mouth. So now the next question is, how does someone like this work out the repentance? Where is the salvation for someone like Angela Davis? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I mean, can you imagine this? She, there's a wanted. She was wanted by the FBI. At one time, that is like being the valedictorian. That is like being the Green Beret of far left wing radical idiots. Your philosophies are dangerous, stupid, destructive and incoherent. But at least you're wanted by the FBI. Then, you know, you are getting somewhere if you're on the far left. When four year olds are changing their genders and you're wanted by the FBI, Hallelujah. You had that is like climbing Mount Everest. You are there, sister. So she is one of the this is the quote. She is one of the people directly responsible for the things your child is learning about skin color and ethnicity in schools these days. So I could sit here on this microphone and make fun of her all they want, right? But the truth of the matter, if we're all gonna be students of the truth, if we're the three percent of the people left in this country that care about the truth, people like her is sick and deluded. And frankly, in many cases, stupid as they are, are having a profound influence on the culture. Well, first the children, because that's where the culture comes from, the next generation of this country. And the time for tiptoeing is over. There was a time, it probably climaxed the three or four years ago in the George Floyd thing, where if an Angela White what or excuse me angela davis walked into a room everyone is supposed to go silent everybody it doesn't matter what you've accomplished in your own life 
doesn't matter how much of the Tom Smith you are with the abusive background. It doesn't matter with me where your ancestors certainly weren't born on first base at all. Like I said, Germany, finally get through Ellis Island legally. Then you're on the front lines of the Civil War of the country you just got to for freedom. Maybe there's some, that's got to create some PTSD, right? So when the Angela Davis walked in the room, everybody went silent. Almost, if you look like me, you're supposed to sit Indian style and just absorb to the extent possible that your empathy and compassion lacking white male brain possibly could, the wisdom that her Marxist, victimhood-obsessed brain was supposed to eschew as you sat there in the most well-defended, well-fed country in the history of mankind where people who play freaking sports make more money than the president of the United States where people who play basketball and football become billionaires, many of them black, we are supposed to sit and absorb the sage, the wisdom that comes from Angela Davis. We have a $31 trillion debt. We have a massive fentanyl problem. We have all types of problems in this country. The time, that chapter needs to close and it needs to close right now. And, you, and people could construe this as racist. What I just said, I don't care. And it's not racist. You know why it's not racist? You know who the most profound thinkers um, that I listen to? And I am the least woke man in America. Thomas Sowell, black man, professor, was a Marxist himself up until his 20s. I, God bless Rush Limbaugh, Charles Krauthammer, Larry Kudlow, Milton Freeman. These are all great conservative thinkers and i think it was frederick hayek who um the, who wrote wrote the road to serfdom serfdom an incredible important book as far as conservative economics they converted thomas soul that in real experience working for the government scared the hell of him so bad because he's so intelligent and so truth-based and such a thinker he saw the inner workings of government scared him so bad he went from being a marxist to one of the greatest conservative thinkers of all time as a black man. Do you know how hard that is? His life has been hard. Do you know how hard it is to be a black conservative in this country? It is not hard to be Angela Davis, to be a victim, to crawl and weasel your way into a uh, blue state education system, get a great salary, a great pension, and great health insurance. Whoopty freaking do no one cares. A black conservative man in America who grew up poor, that is hard to do okay so i'm very unfiltered in this podcast this time around that's the way it's going to be from now on because like i said the time for playing games is over these are philosophies these are the battle for ideas of so many conservatives have talked about in the past uh we laugh when we think of philosophy professors we a bunch of half bakes i had one in college i'm not kidding he was such an idiot that he said the first class i'll never forget this in the first 10 minutes he goes now um, I'll probably get to know you. I'm very outgoing, but sometimes you might walk by me in the hallway. This was Coleman Hall at Bucknell University. And if my head's tilted to the side and I look like I'm out of it, that means I have such a deep thought coming through that I probably won't be able to, I, I probably won't even see you. I'm just in a different place. Where else outside of the academic world could you make such a statement and have anyone 
even take it seriously. So that was a philosophy professor. So that's what I think of philosophy. But as far as I, I get it, as far as the profession, yada, yada. But as far as, like I always say, all you need to do is see, and I've, I've posted this before, the picture of the Korean peninsula from space at night. That's all you need to see. Ideas, philosophies, behaviors mean something. There are repercussions, micro, as far as an individual, macro, the society. We'll never get it perfect, but we can learn from the past. We can be objective. We can use common sense. And we have to, all along the way, being told, who in the hell do you think you are? So I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. How else can you see The Least Woke Man in America? Facebook, the least, I'm The Least Woke Man in America podcast Facebook page. Twitter, there's The Least Woke Man in America Twitter page. There's Instagram. And of course, there's leastwoke.com. We are on all the major podcast platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, uh, iHeart, Podbean, Amazon. So I hope you enjoyed it. The fight continues. I'll have a big announcement on the next podcast. Take care and God bless everyone.